Welcome, everyone, to Burgess Power Hour tonight and today. If you're calling in from the other side of the world, I welcome all of us together for this holiday season. And tonight, today, we're going to be talking about and discussing and exploring and discovering all of our triggers. Yay! Kill them or eat them, our families. What do we want to do at Christmas and holidays and Hanukkah and whatever whatever you celebrate and whatever happens when you come together as friends or family, oftentimes we have a lot of triggers. And last year I did a power call called uh, Family, Kill Them or Eat Them as a joke, but it went over so well I thought, well, I'll do that one again, part two, because uh, oftentimes, sometimes uh, our biggest um, emotions come up and we explode or we have these little triggers or maybe even big triggers when we all get together again, seeing family and friends and connecting maybe people with people we haven't seen for a while or maybe we have, but we still have triggers. So tonight's going to be chocked full of all kinds of cool stuff that we're going to go over and uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, uh, right now I've got the mute off so everyone can uh, talk and speak anytime that you want. You can ask questions. Most of the time in these power hours, I do experiential type things. Uh, tonight, we are going to have, uh, if you've got a pencil, uh, piece, something to write with, it'd be great. Uh, you can jot down some notes and also, uh, you can be writing down some, uh, people that you perhaps would like to let go of any triggers that you know, uh, come up for you. Um, little things that make you just want to, you know, kill them or eat them, right? So, and I say that in a fun way. I hope everybody knows I'm kidding, right? We don't, we don't really kill them and eat them. Okay. So um, I'm going to go ahead and leave it open for you so that you can tap in. If we get a lot of background noise, I will uh, go ahead and just mute everybody, and then you can always hit star six to uh, come back on once I mute everybody, okay? But right now I haven't muted everybody because... Sounds good. We don't have a lot of background noise, including my doggie that was triggering me just a minute ago. How, how perfect for the call, right? Okay. So, goodness, this is going to be all over the map tonight. I'm just, I don't know about you, but during these holidays, so many emotions come up for people. Um, you know, some people get sad. Uh, some people feel lonely. Um, some people get overwhelmed because there's just all this rustle and bustle and things to do. You have your normal lives that you run, and then you have these extra things that happen called holidays that seemingly um, gets to be uh, joyous at times and maybe overwhelming at times and maybe um, any other emotions that you might be feeling around the holidays and missing people and wanting to just not work and want to just play, and maybe some of you want to, maybe you just want to keep working and not just just want to just let it go and not not get involved uh, with people this year and just kind of like hang out with yourself. So it, I've heard so many stories and experienced so many things through all over the world where I teach with different people, thousands of people that have been coming through these Essence of Being classes and programs about emotions and specifically around their families and around um, not just family but people that are very close to them because 
as we know, or maybe you don't, we, we have these subconscious belief systems. So those of you who have ever done any of my classes, you know that that's what I work with as we go to that subconscious level because we have these, these emotions, these feelings, these thoughts, these behaviors that all come out and they, they come from that subconscious place and we have all different kinds of dynamics that come out through these holidays when we have our families and our friends and our loved ones and or people that are close to us. It can we can allow those people to affect us. And so we have all kinds of dynamics in play here. And usually it all comes from our family of origin. So we all have different kinds of families. We have our business family, our health family, our our a chosen family, our our family of origin, which are the ones that we were born into, um, and if we have, if we still are with those people, that's great. Uh, for some people, uh, they still are with us even when they pass through the veil. But these same feelings and thoughts and behaviors and subconscious thoughts can really keep running us from that place from long ago. And oftentimes with a family of origin, there can be some communication challenges and people have different ways of communicating. And we learned, we have these learned behaviors about what, what is a, a, a healthy relationship? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Uh, what does, how do you communicate to people when you are upset? You know, or do you? Do you run and hide? You know, what are the behaviors that we've learned from our lives we've had with our family? And all those old behaviors can come up again through these holidays because it brings up so much love, meaning that when, when you have a family and when you, when you think of family and when you think of being with people that you have loved before or that wanted to love or wanted more love from or whatever it is that you want to say about the family, it brings up all this stuff that's unlike love for the purpose of healing. So that's the part that people forget about, that, you know, when there's a lot of love present, that's why people can push your buttons. That's why the people that you love the most and that you're the closest to can really push your buttons and trigger you. And the reason is because when love is present, everything unlike love comes up for the purpose of healing it. And where we sometimes get mixed up is the healing part. So we forget that, oh, that's right, these things that are coming up around the holidays or these things coming up around my family and my friends that I love or have loved, it's triggering me so, for, so I can heal it, so I can look at things that is, that is coming up for me to heal things inside of me. Why is it triggering me? And so instead of reacting some of the techniques I'm going to give you and some of the things I'm going to share with you is how you can respond because we all know how to react. We all have these old behaviors. We get very reactive. We either act like two-year-olds or we start defending ourselves or we feel maybe we're not good enough 
or we're afraid to tell our truth because we're going to get in trouble, or we don't want to hurt people's feelings, or we go back to that codependent place where we enable everybody in our family, or we do, you know, we we either say, do what I say, not what I do, or we hear that, do what I say, not what I do. It can go both ways. Or maybe we feel ashamed. Maybe we haven't reached our full potential and we feel ashamed of where we're at in our lives or maybe things that have happened in the past that we haven't cleared yet. Or some behaviors that come up around these holidays are judging, people judging each other. You know, either you judge yourself because maybe you're, you know, not where you want to be or maybe you're judging yourself thinking that you're better than or maybe they're judging you, whoever they are. Maybe they're judging you thinking the same thing. Thinking, well, you should be somewhere else than where you are now, or you should have been, or you should have done. And so these shoulds, of course, as I joke in the workshops that I do, is they get messy. You know, when you should on yourself, it gets really messy. And when other people should on you, it gets very frustrating. So these are just very just a just a very short list of the types of things that can come up for people around the holidays and all these old behaviors that keep rearing their ugly head for us to look at them and say wow what is it what is it in me that really triggers me about that why does this keep happening to me over and over again why can't i communicate with so and so in a different way Why do I always feel ashamed or upset or frustrated or not seen when you get around certain people? So we do have these innate responses that we that we have learned. We just and this is the difference between responding and reacting. So the reactionary things we do is we either freeze or we have flight or we fight. So I, everybody knows what fights are, right? So, you know, that can come up where you start fighting about things. And some things can be old and tired, old, tired things that you always fight about. Or maybe it triggers something in you that you feel like you have to defend yourself. Uh, other times when you communicate with family, especially around uh, these days with uh, here in the U.S., when we had these elections, there might be some election talk <laughs> come up. Excuse me. Around the the this holiday, or you might have things come up where you all you know you've always disagreed with each other, and so some of you may freeze, and that's a reaction. You freeze and not say anything. You don't tell your truth. You don't stand out. You don't say anything. You just go and hide, or you just ignore it. Some of you might have flight. You might just run. And running can look like, let me just go uh, watch TV. It doesn't necessarily mean you just go run out in the streets and you know scream. But you can run, meaning you, f- you have flight. You don't want to be around it. Maybe you don't even show up because you're scared of or maybe not wanting to experience the same old thing. Or... Maybe the fear is that you are going to experience something you've never experienced before when you get together with your family and friends this year, perhaps because of the election or perhaps because of something that's happened to you or you just don't want to hear it. 
And so maybe you don't even show up this year. So all this stuff comes up, and those are all reactions based on, again, oftentimes from your family of origin. You either freeze, you fly, or you fight. And many times it's because we are not being present with our family and our friends. We aren't living in the past. As soon as we open that door, our past shows up. There it is. Right there in front of us to look at it. So we get our buttons pushed. We get triggered. We get hurt. Or maybe we hurt other people. Maybe we don't mean to. But again, remember, it's the the people that are closest to us. They know us, know us well enough to where it can really hurt. And that's where the trigger comes up. So what do you do with all of that? Well, first of all, please understand that oftentimes all of these triggers are just projections. So a projection is oftentimes we think a certain thing and we're projecting that feeling or that thought onto somebody else. And they are doing the same thing to us. So here we are trying to have a conversation, trying to be together, and everybody has their own little projections that they're putting onto each other. And these projections can look like judgments. They can look like uh, feelings of not being uh, good enough. They can be projections of... Um, I'm better than you. They can be projections of I'm doing everything wrong. So let me put you down so I feel better about myself. Okay, so projections can look a lot of different ways, but just understand that oftentimes when we're standing in front of a person in a family environment, we have all of these projections going on and we're not really with the real person. We've projected all this stuff that we are feeling onto that other person. Which brings up that whole concept of mirroring, that we are all mirrors for each other. The thing that really, really frustrates you the most about somebody in your family, okay, it's really a fabulous opportunity for you to look at what is it in me What's in me that's really frustrating me about this person and this family member or this friend? Is there something that's that's coming up for me to look at about me or not? But all upsets are opportunities to know the truth about you. So you can look at your family members and observe or your family and friends and observe. Observe, are they... Is this really something that's coming up for me to look at about me that I don't like about me or that I'm frustrated about me? Are they being my mirror in this or not? And oftentimes, just just the simple fact of asking that to yourself, if you find yourself in reaction and you stop for a minute and say, wow, that was uncalled for, And am I projecting something? Are they mirroring something for me, for me to look at within me? Just by asking yourself that question can really make a huge difference, whether or not you have the correct answer in your mind or not. But just being in the inquiry of that is pretty awesome. You're self-reflecting. You're responding as opposed to reacting. So that kind of goes hand in hand 
with imprinting. In other words, we imprint whatever happened to us when we were younger. We imprint that. We think if, if, if I'm with my brother or my sister or my kids or my parents, what we imprint on each other. So, for instance, let's just say that when we were little, our parents, you know, threw a lot of guilt at us. Okay? So let's say that we're with our parents or our sisters or brothers or siblings or, or whomever for the, for the holidays, and they have thrown guilt at us a lot, and we catch it. So they would say something like, that's okay, I'll go in the corner and sit in the dark, it's all right, you go ahead and have a good time without me, it's all right. I'm just sitting here, I'll knit, I'll just work all day and you go have fun, don't worry about me. So they throw guilt at us. And oftentimes we catch that guilt, and as soon as we catch the guilt, they they know it's going to make a difference. So if we catch it, they're going to keep throwing it. So just look at yourself. Do you, are you one of the ones who throw guilt? Do you throw guilt at your family, or do they throw it at you? Do you catch each other's guilt? Because it is so not fun to throw guilt at somebody if they don't catch it. The best way to alleviate anybody throwing guilt at you is just don't catch it. Just kind of observe it and go, huh, okay. Somebody says, I'm going to go do this instead. Don't worry about me. It's all right. You say, okay. Okay, that's great. Thanks. So they did not get the response they wanted, see. So they're going to stop throwing that guilt at you because they did not get that response. And that means they are in the fear thought system. So remember, there's only two thought systems. You're either in fear or love. Fear or love. And the fear thought system is a lot of guilt catchers and a lot of guilt throwers and shame catchers. If you feel ashamed, that's in the fear thought system, not the love thought system. And the way to shift out of that, especially in family situations, is just notice it and observe it and go, huh, yeah, I'm not going to catch that one. That's not mine. I'm not going to feel ashamed about who I am or I'm not going to feel guilty about having a good time. And observe without invalidating yourself. Remember what I say about mastery. Those of you who have taken my mastery courses or anybody who's ever taken any of the workshops You know, what I say all the time is mastery is making corrections without invalidating yourself. So you can make corrections and improve on things in your life, but you don't have to invalidate on the way. You don't have to to beat yourself up while you're doing it. Don't allow that guilt or that shame to be thrown into your emotional space. Just don't do it. The minute you allow that into your emotional body, into your emotional space, and you take it in and you absorb it and you say, oh, that was me, it's going to hurt. And it's going to continue. So you have a choice. You have a choice to respond 
without being attacked. And the best way to respond without being attacked or not feeling good enough about something is you just take responsibility. In other words, again, those of you who have taken Essence of Being, you know all about responsibility, but you take responsibility. Your ability to respond determines the quality of your life. Now, don't let this word trip anybody up. I'm not saying you have to be responsible for your family. I'm not saying you have to be responsible for anybody else's feelings except your own. Take ownership and responsibility of who you are and your own thoughts, your own beliefs, and your own actions. You are not responsible for your your family's feelings, and they're not responsible for yours. So remember this holiday season to stay above the line, and what I mean by that is that a responsibility is above the line. Everything below the line are things like blaming other people, shaming yourself, making excuses, feeling guilty. Because the minute you start blaming other people and your family and your friends for situations and things, you give your power away. You're saying to those people, I'm powerless. I'm blaming you for something that's happened to me, and it's your fault. And once you do that, you have no power. You basically are saying, I'm a big victim, and I can't do anything about it. And that feels pretty crappy. And you're going to be triggered all day long with that kind of a feeling. And just as just as much about giving your power away to someone else when you blame them, if you go into shame about your life and about who you are and what, what you did and what you're doing, that's giving your power away too. You basically are not you're 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 taking on a very heavy feeling place and it's below the line behavior is what I call it. It's not taking responsibility and saying, I take responsibility for my life, my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, and I'm not going to invalidate who I am by taking on that responsibility. That is such a freedom. That is such power. You're saying to yourself, I have the power to change it. I'm no longer a victim. I can actually do something about it. But you don't have to invalidate yourself while you're doing it, okay? And the other thing that happens is we we make excuses, we justify. And so that is another way to go below the line. And it's going to trigger you in these family situations if you start making excuses for anything. If you start justifying anything about why you are the way you are, what you've done... You know, whatever this, whatever conversations come up around family and friends during the holidays. So I always say, look, just stay above the line, take responsibility, take ownership of your thoughts, your beliefs, and your actions, and that's the first step. Because once you do that, you have the power to create anything you desire. You have the power to shift any kind of a situation, no matter what. And you can be living your authentic self 
in front of your family, in front of your friends. You don't have to hide anymore or pretend. That is not going to... If you start hiding and pretending, you can get triggered. So be your authentic self. And you know who your authentic self is? You are powerful. You are loving. You are deserving. You are innocent. You're creative. You're blessed. You are perfect just the way you are. You are wanted. That is your authentic self. You are a bright light being on this planet here to share. And if they don't see that, that is not your job to try to make them see it. First, can you put everybody on mute? Sure. Background. Sure. Thank you. Thanks. So if you want to speak, just hit star six, everyone, okay? Then you can, I can hear you, okay? So this authentic self is so important for you to show up, in, especially around family. And one of the ways you can do this, other than, of course, taking responsibility, is appreciate them. Appreciate just one thing about the person that you really just have this, you know, maybe you don't get along with this particular person or people in your family or the holiday season. It's a lot of a lot of things come up for people. So if you can identify just one thing you appreciate about that person, that will rise and raise your vibration. Instead of focusing on all the things that you don't like about them or that all the things that they trigger you about, go into that situation with every possibility of thinking, I'm going to think of one thing I appreciate about that person, and I'm going to focus just on that. Because one of two things will happen. Either they will rise to the occasion, they will rise to your level of appreciation, and they will vibrate there along with you, or that appreciation will pass through them and it will go to someone else and it will basically ding them, if you will. In order for you to give appreciation, there has to be a receiver somewhere. So what you can do is you can appreciate they either rise to that level or the appreciation goes through them and it hits somebody else. And when it hits someone else, you attract that appreciation back to you. Because, as many of you know about the law of appreciation and the law of attraction go hand in hand that you will attract to you people that appreciate you because that's what you're giving out. So either way, you get what you want. So appreciation is never, never wasted. So those two things are are key in not being triggered, is take responsibility for your thoughts, your beliefs, your actions, and how you communicate, which I'm going to get into in a minute, and then appreciate Appreciate something. 
this one thing about that person, and that will raise your own vibration. So as we're going through these things that I'm going to be sharing with you about how to uh, be trigger-free, be writing down people that you know in your family or your friends that you're going to be with, or maybe you've already been with them already. Write down people that, you know, in the past, they've really triggered you. So, in other words, all they have to do is look at you. So now I have somebody that's not muted, so please hit star six. If, you've, uh, if you're in the background, I hear background noise. So please hit star six. So write down people that you have been triggered with in the past. Your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your children, your aunt, your uncle, your friend, your husband, your wife, your grandparents, your children's spouses, your grandkids, anybody. And maybe they've just gotten on your nerves for some reason. So just, you know, just as we're going through these, just look at them and see how these things I'm going to bring up for you to shift, how you can identify with each of these people. So one of the best ways is, like I said, when you go into your family um dinner or you go into your family experience, one of the things you can do is put a mirror up around yourself. And what I mean by that is you just imagine, it takes you just two seconds or three seconds, you imagine a mirror all around you. It's an energetic mirror. And that mirror is facing out. And that mirror faces out and you're inside of the mirror. So this energetic mirror it's pretty fascinating. Try this next time you get together with your family, okay? What happens is it's facing out. So if anything comes at you that they're projecting onto you or they say to you or anything that happens, it bounces off of you and it goes somewhere else. It just bounces off of you because you have a mirror. It reflects off of you. You don't take it in. You don't take it into your energy or your emotional space or your mind, or your heart. You just let it bounce off of you. And it takes uh, just a few seconds. Just remember, before I walk into that door, I'm going to put my mirror up. Another thing you can do is just breathe. What I mean is you breathe 10 deep breaths before you walk in or before you have a conversation with someone, or even while you're having a conversation, you just breathe. It is a very powerful, natural way to to dissipate any kind of triggers that you physically and energetically and emotionally can be having. So you would breathe in through your nose and breathe out through your mouth. Now, you could do it so it doesn't sound like you're sighing. <laughs> So you won't be triggering them <laughs> thinking that you're sighing by what they're saying, okay? But breathing and walking away is just really, really powerful to not get triggered. Another way to do this is 
to always, when you're having a conversation with your family, one of the best ways is to tell your truth with compassion. And one of the best ways to do that is say, for me the truth is whatever it is. They cannot argue that. If you use that term and use those words, for me the truth is, or the truth for me is, now they may disagree with what you have to say and may not like it, but they cannot say that is not your truth. They cannot fight you or argue about that. And what that does is it sets you up for you to use I words, I feel, I know, I think. Because the minute you start saying, well, you made me feel that way, then that's going to trigger them and and you're going to get triggered and it's going to continue. It goes down the bumpy road. So... If you use a lot of I words, I feel, I know, I think, I am, that's really helpful. And also to say, for me, the truth is. And ask yourself, before you open your mouth to say something, ask, will this serve this person to say it? In other words, if you think something might be kind of uh, dodgy, or upsetting to someone, or or something that is, might be um, a little um, that you could trigger that person, or you could hurt that person, or something that you really want to say to that person. So ask ask yourself first: Will this serve to say it? Yes or no? And if the answer is yes, then okay. The next question is: Who? Who is it going to serve? Is it going to serve me? Or is it going to serve them? Or both? And then the next question is, how? How is that going to serve? So this is an example of how that can go. Let's say that you're going to talk to your uncle about something uh, that had really, you know, maybe they voted a different way than you wanted. And you really want to get into, you know, getting into uh, why they did it wrong, okay? Because you have such a, uh, you're really um, convinced that the way you did it was the right way. So will this serve to say it in your mind? The answer is yes. Who's it going to serve? Me. How? It's going to make me right when I feel deep down inside that I'm always showing up wrong to my uncle. Now, that's getting very real, okay? That's going through the denial that a lot of us get into. We get into denial about, yeah, it's going to serve it because I'm going to tell them like it is. I'm right and they're wrong. But what really can happen is what we could be really doing is we're trying to make ourselves right when we have always felt wrong deep down. And we're trying to prove ourselves to our family, we want to justify and prove that we're right. Now, you can say the truth for me is this is the way I feel. And that's telling the truth with compassion. Basically, you you have ownership of what you feel. You have empathy for, 
yourself and for others, and you're not trying to make the other person wrong in order for you to feel right, which means you are respecting your decision and their decision. You are offering respect to yourself and to them. And I always say, look, I'm not going to have any conversation unless it's the highest good for all concerned. Is this the highest good for all concerned? Is this really the highest good for all concerned? And if the answer is yes, then have the kind of conversation with someone with empathy, with respect, and with ownership. And that's telling your truth with compassion. Use the words, for me, the truth is, I feel. Because, again, in the workshops I always say, would you rather be right or happy? Now, some of you might say, I'd like to be right. Well, especially in in, in a family situation, you might be finding yourself always having to prove yourself one way or another. So what would happen if you just let go of being right and just be happy? And another thing that is really important in this whole philosophy, if you will, of telling your truth with compassion, is um, being present. Being present with your family. Actively listening to what they have to say. And don't bring your past into the whole conversation. And I'll give you an example. When I was little, my parents and my family, my whole family actually, not just my parents, my extended family and everyone, they always made fun of me. And so in my mind, I thought that if they made fun of me, that meant that they loved me. And so if they did not make fun of me, then that meant they didn't love me. So this was the past that I grew up with, and I would bring that past feeling into my adult life when I would talk to my family, and we would we would continue the same type of behavior. They would make fun of me, and I would feel loved. But after a while, it got pretty uh, old about people making fun of me. And then I and then of course that bled into other relationships and everybody around me is like make fun of me, make fun of me, that means you love me. And it gets pretty pretty old. Because then it starts really hurting. And I didn't understand why I was so self deprecating and so um um why I was yearning for that. Make fun of me, make fun of me. Oh, that means you love me. I can joke around now. But some things were very hurtful, and it it really wounded me, and I wouldn't let anybody know that I was wounded or I was hurt because I wanted them to love me. So I would bring that whole conversation and that whole feeling place into every relationship, every gathering, any time that I would get together with friends or family. So once I was aware of that, I went, oh... That's not being very present. I'm not going to do that right now. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. 
if they make fun of me, that does not mean that they love me anymore. Because I love me. I'm not looking to them to validate who I am and that I'm loved. I'm not going to look to them to validate who I am because I could be disappointed. And oftentimes we do. We go, we go back to our family with all that past stuff in tow. And so being present with who you are now and, and owning who you are and not looking for validation and not bringing all of those past behaviors that used to work, we thought, it doesn't work anymore. And so one of the ways to do that, of course, is you have to get clear and really do some self-examination and self-reflection, of course, that's what we do in our Essence of Being and all of our other programs is really helps you get in touch with that, like what is going on in that subconscious mind there. Another thing that you can do is actively listen. So uh, here's the thing. I hope you're writing down people just as you're going through, uh, as I'm going through all of this and you're going to get a, a replay of all of it. You're going to get an email so everybody who registered will get a replay. And you can kind of go through these things with these people you wrote down. Where can I apply the mirror or the breathing or understanding the projection part or telling my truth with compassion or saying, hey, will this serve me to say this or not? Am I really thinking of the highest good for all concerned? Am I responding or am I reacting? Would I rather be right or happy? Am I being present Am I going back to my old patterns of flight, fright, <laughs> flight, fight, freeze? Okay. So this is a really, um, it'll really be good for you to go through each of the people that you're writing down about this to see. Okay. But actively listening is one of my biggest things for you to understand and respect and have empathy for your family and yourself. And many, what I mean by actively listening, of course, is being present. Stop comparing. Stop comparing yourself. Comparing with everybody else in your family. Because comparing makes it hard to listen because you're always trying to assess who is smarter, who's more competent, who's more emotionally healthy, who's a bigger victim here, who's suffered more. Let me tell you about my aches and pains. <laughs> you know? I've had it harder. They don't know what hard is. My kids are smarter. So you, you try to measure up, okay? So measuring up with everybody in your family, that will block you from being present and listening to them. Another way blocks of listening is, is mind reading. You don't pay attention to what people say. You even... If you're a mind reader, you even probably mistrust or distrust what they're saying. You could you could be finding yourself sitting there, somebody's telling you something, and you're you're thinking, no, they don't really think that. You pay less attention to the words than other little cues that they give you. You're trying to seek out where they're lying, or maybe you can read their mind while they're not saying their truth. And you can make assumptions. 
So you could be, if you're a mind reader, you could be making assumptions about them, and they could, and you could also be making assumptions about what they think about you. They think I'm stupid. They think I'm fat, whatever. So that is also a block to being present because you're in the middle of mind reading what they're really saying or what you're thinking to yourself. You also, another block is rehearsing. And rehearsing is one of my favorite ones I talk about in the workshops because especially around family, oh my goodness, you know exactly what you're going to say when you get together. You've prepared it. You've got it all together. You know exactly how you're going to respond because you've said it like that every single time. And I know how to get that person off my back, so I'm going to say this. So rehearsing, again, can block you from what they're really saying. You've already got it rehearsed in your mind, so you don't even really listen. You also could filter. Filtering things is another way of rehearsing. You're filtering. You only listen to certain things. You only pay enough attention just to see if somebody's angry or unhappy or if you're in some kind of emotional danger. And then once you figure out that that's not the case, then you just move on and you don't listen. Or you avoid just hearing certain things. So a lot of times we block out our are listening by filtering out what we want to hear. And one of the biggest things that we do that keeps us from being present, especially around our family and being triggered, is judging. So a basic rule of listening is that judgments should only be made after you've heard and evaluated the content of the message. Don't prejudge anybody. Well, they don't know what they're talking about. So we start judging them, and they judge us. And judging someone can really limit you from experiencing their authentic self. It can also limit you from experiencing your authentic self if you start judging yourself or judging others. And that's huge in families. So I'm telling you all of these things about being present and how to, you know, the blocks that we might be having to listening, okay, so that you can uncover them while it, while, you're, while it's happening. Or these people that you're writing down, maybe you can look through there and say, how how do I block listening with these people? How do I block being present with them? A lot of us dream, we daydream, we check out. We start having these flashbacks about things, and we're just we're kind of not there. Our body, we're, our bodies are there, but our mind's not. We're somewhere else. We're thinking about, you know, did I shut the toaster off? And you're more prone to dreaming or checking out when you feel bored or anxious. So just kind of check in with yourself and say, well, how am I feeling? And what about identifying? That's another thing that a lot of us do. We start identifying. We identify what they say. Oh, yeah, that happened to me, too. Let me tell you about my story. Oh, no, yours is not. No, no. Let me tell you about mine. We identify with what someone's trying to share with us, 
and we don't let them really share. We just kind of go into our own story about how that was like, just like us. And we also, especially in families, advise. We love to advise each other, don't we? If you're a great problem solver, you know, all you have to hear is, you know, I had a problem one day, and before they even get it out, you've already got a suggestion about what to do about it. So you you missed all the feeling part. You missed all the things that were really going on for them, and you didn't acknowledge that the person has had some kind of pain or acknowledge the person's feelings before you started advising them. They didn't ask for your advice. But we do that with friends, family. We go in there and just start advising people. So that can block our absolute listening to what they have to say and being present. In my family, I don't know about your family, but in my family at, at around holiday times, uh, when we're all together, we do a lot of sparring. What that means is we argue and debate. <laughs> the other person never feels heard because you're so quick to disagree no matter what. So if you're really quick to disagree and you just want to spar and have like a little debate, uh, it can get out of hand if you allow it. That's when you let go of your empathy and respect then it goes into self-protecting yourself <laughs> and being a victim about their, why they're saying you're wrong. And remember to use I feel, I think, express our feelings in a non-blaming way, okay? And always look for needs behind someone sharing something with you. They have something, they have an emotion behind what they're saying. So just be open to the fact that they may be um, wanting you to hear them for a reason around the emotion behind it, not what they're actually saying. And let me tell you what I mean by that. A 7% of communication are words. 38% is tone. And 55% is body language. So if 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 you've got your sister standing there and holding her arms crossed uh, over her chest and she's yeah I really trust you I mean the body language is saying no she doesn't the tone is definitely saying she doesn't okay and what she's really saying I want you to trust me so that's the emotion behind that is she's upset because maybe she feels like you don't trust her so that takes some practice, I will say. It's a very, very, it's a practice. and something that I teach people in our teacher training, how to hear people, how to go behind the emotion and not just um, look, listen to the words that they say. But oftentimes when you are sparring and arguing and debating with people, you're, you're losing all of that empathy and respect. Another way that they spar is they put put you down. So if people start putting you down and using sarcastic remarks, uh, it can be painful. Uh, like, and here's an example. Um, let's say that your 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 dad is really feeling overwhelmed with the noise from the TV, so he tells your mom. 
Oh, God, not the TV routine again. So the put-down, he put her down, is a standard block to listening. In many marriages, it really is, the put-down. It pushes that communication into stereotype patterns, which can become hostile. So being right, I already talked about. That's another way of, of not being present. You can't listen to any criticism. You can't be corrected. You can't take any suggestions to change. Your convictions are unshakable. And since you think you're right about everything, then maybe you are right about everything. But oftentimes what's happening, if you're wanting to be right all the time, you are perhaps covering up a deep-seated feeling that there's something wrong. So you have to prove you're right all the time. And if you're one of those types of people, just say, hey, you know what, for this holiday season, I'm going to be happy. I choose to be happy this time, not right. I don't care about being right at the moment. And uh, two more. One is derailing. Derailing is a block to listening. You derail the train of conversation when you get bored or uncomfortable with a topic, so you joke You joke about it. You laugh about it. You joke it off. It means you continually respond to whatever is said with a joke or some kind of a quip in order to avoid the discomfort or anxiety in listening to the other person. So you may have somebody in your family that does that, or maybe you do that. And again, it's not actively listening. And the last blocked listening I'm going to talk about is placating. Placating is when you're just placating to that person. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah, I know, yeah, 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 of course, yeah, really, yeah, yeah, next. So you want to be nice and pleasant and supportive and you want people to like you so you agree with everything. So you placate them rather than really tuning in and being present. So those blocks to listening can really um, make a difference, especially with the family, in communicating in a way that they can hear you and you can hear them. Because all of this is great. People say, yeah, Burge, that's awesome. But, you know, not everybody's done the workshops, right? Not everybody's of like mind here. So what I say to you is this. I have something that I really want to um, encourage you to do this holiday season and really as often as possible is be the demonstration. Be the demonstration to your family and your friends how to do this, how to be authentic, how to tell your truth with compassion, how to communicate without judgment, how to feel innocent in your communication. Be the demonstration Show them how to do this. Show them how to take responsibility just by you doing it. Be the demonstration. See yourself as that innocent child that you just want to play. You want to have fun. Life is easy. That's what 
everyone wants to know. That's what every I've taught thousands of people from around the world, and every single person from every culture, every religion, every age, every every type of person that I've ever worked with, they all want the same thing. They want to know that they're important. They want to know that they're loved. They want to feel that they have purpose. They want to make a difference in their in their world, and they want to be happy. That's it. So be that demonstration. See your children and your family and your, your parents and your uncles and your aunts and your sisters and your brothers and your friends. See all of them as little innocent children. Because guess what? They want the same thing just like you. They really do. They want the same thing. They want to know they're important. They want to know they're loved and feel it. They want to have purpose and make a difference, and they really want to be happy. And you might say, yeah, Burge, not really. My family just wants to be miserable. (laughs) Be the demonstration for them. Even if they don't want it, even if they don't understand it, even if it doesn't make any sense to you or them, even if in your mind you might feel they don't deserve it, whatever's going on, even if, be that demonstration how to be authentic, how to tell your truth with compassion, how to respect yourself and others and have empathy and ownership and responsibility for your thoughts and your beliefs. Just think about that for just a second. If you walked into your room into your family meal or whatever you go into this holiday season with that attitude and use the mirror, use the breath, use the questions of asking yourself, is this going to serve to say it? Tell the truth with compassion. Say the truth for me is actively listen. Would I rather be right or happy? Be present. If you go in with that whole attitude shift and that's who you show up as they cannot respond to you the same way they just can't because you're different be whole and complete and connected don't be looking to them for your validation and may i also encourage all of us to take this opportunity to tell our friends and our family how much we love them, how much we appreciate them, because you never know, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. And just remember that we are not alone. And if there have been a lot of things that happened during the holidays, and so I want to remind us all that we're not alone, We don't have to do this by ourselves. We have the right to feel what we want to feel. But we can help each other and support each other. If you don't like the word help, just say support. We can support each other in being our authentic self and demonstrate to our family and to the world what a trigger-free life can be. So I hope that this helps, and I I really have had a blast this year in 2016. And 
next year. Oh, my goodness. I still will be continuing these power calls. I'm loving it. And the power call, remember, is always going to be the third Wednesday of every month. And next one is January 18th. And we're going to be playing with intentional visions for 2017. So we're going to talk about how to create an intentional vision and how to manifest that. And please, 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 please join us for our very first workshop in January 2017. We'll be in Fort Lauderdale, January 13th through the 15th for our new batch of Essence of Being people. Um, And we love to have you join us there. And in Atlanta, we'll be February 17th through the 19th. Would love to have you there. And in March, we were planning on going to India, but because of what's happened in India lately with the demonetization, we're going to postpone that for a little bit later in the year. So we are still going to India, um, but we haven't to kind of um, f- refigure some things based on the currency that's going on over there. So we are going to be doing our Higher Vibes class March 24th through the 26th. And our Higher Vibes class I haven't done in Atlanta in a while, but it will be in Atlanta. And you can go on our website, essenceofbeing.com, and check it out so you know what it is. And also um, my new site, birdsmithlions.com, is also alive. And if you want to continue to get texts, if that's easier for everyone, all you have to do is text 96000. Nine six zero 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 three zeros ninety six thousand. Put that in your phone as the number, and then on the message you type Burge B U R G E, and that will get you on our text list, so you can be reminded of these power calls and be reminded of uh, the events coming up around uh, the country and around the world for you to play with us and to connect with us. So I'm going to take us off mute. Okay, we are all live again. I just wanted to say happy holidays to everybody and to say... Hey, Bird. Yes. Happy holidays. Can I say something quickly? Sure. I don't know who's on the line, but anyone who wants to start off the year with a bang... Um, essence of being, or as we affectionately call it, is EOB. Um, definitely reach out to somebody in the EOB um, world and ask about it, ask questions, join us. For all of the graduates on the line, we'd love to see you either in Fort Lauderdale or Atlanta um, to receive or just to help um, for the weekend however you can, and happy holidays, everyone. Thank you. Happy holidays to you guys, too. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy Happy holidays. holidays. (laughs) Today. Be trigger-free and love yourself and love will come around and appreciate. Oh, goodness. I'm going to stop while I'm not ahead. Oh, I always love when you entertain us. <laughs> Merry Christmas to to all. Yeah. Happy 
Happy Everybody's invited to my New Year's Eve. I forgot to mention that. New Year's Eve, we are doing our New Year's Eve party. We have people come from all around the country and sometimes around the world to our New Year's Eve party. Yay. So if you're interested, please come. We have a huge big bang here. It's, it's pretty pretty awesome. So uh, you're all invited. And if you are interested and you haven't gotten the invite or the Facebook event or any of that stuff, if you haven't seen any of that, then just email me, burge, at essenceofbeing.com. And I will be happy to uh, give you what you need to get here. I'll be there in spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Fort Lauderdale people, the Florida people, how about we do another thing that's a jazz thing the way we did last month? It'll be January. We're not doing January. We're doing doing February. Yes. Doing what February, please? Excuse me? I'm sorry, we're doing what in February? In South Florida, we're meeting at Jazz Fest. We're not doing January. It's the same weekend as EOB. So we're going to be at EOB, not at Jazz Fest. January 8th is EOB? Yes. January 13 and 14. Well, it's, so we got no, January 8th. Okay. January 13th through the 15th. Same weekend is, the... is level up. So okay. if you want a spearheaded, Audrey, go for it. Trish and I will be at level up. But Me I put too. January 8th is, is level up? Yeah. Four, yes. five, six is level up. And 